heaven isn't a place, it's a feeling. And so the goal being strive to figure out what brings you heavenly feelings every day and do that. It can be so simple. Anything that brings you joy, lights you up, raises your vibration, go do more of that. That's the whole point of being here, to find and experience and embrace joy. The Big Silence. Hello, welcome back to The Big Silence Podcast. It's your host, Karina Dawn here. As always, excited to be here with you every single week. So make sure you subscribe. Just click there, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, especially because one of your favorite guests is back next week. It's Bobby for an AMA. So um, either put your questions in. I'll probably do a few stories this week to ask your questions, you know, in those little story boxes at my Instagram, Karina Dawn, or DM me here at my personal Karina Dawn or at The Big Silence. And can you believe that it is the holiday season. Woo! Wow. What a year, right? What a year. Make sure you head over to the Big Silence website because we have some really cool things coming at you. And of course, all sales from our bundles that we're doing and everything goes to our programs, especially Therapy for All. And with the Therapy for All program, share it with a friend. Uh, who maybe doesn't have health insurance or some therapists don't accept health insurance. So we are here for you. All right, let's go on to today's guest. I was going to do the intro right after I did the podcast, but I was having a moment where I had to, it was dancing, or it it was raining here in Austin. And I had to go put on one of my favorite songs and just like shake it off. Today's guest is Rebecca Rosen. She's an internationally acclaimed bestselling author, a spiritual medium, a speaker, and she's made it her mission to open the line of communication between the spirit world and our day-to-day world. So she is incredible. I wasn't sure going into this interview what would happen, but she just likes to flow and flow we did. I actually connected. I I wasn't expecting to have anyone show up for me and listen to this episode all the way through to answer any of your questions. But my mother showed up and she said something to me which is the only thing that I had wanted her to say ever, even up to her passing. And she said it to me. So listen to this episode to hear what that is. And I don't know, afterwards I I had, like I said, I went and danced. I felt this overwhelm of emotion and joy. And it's, I don't know, just listen to it. And again, share this episode. Uh, with any friends you think that may want to hear it, like it, share it, subscribe, all the things. And don't forget, you can also watch this on YouTube. The link is down in the show notes. And also everywhere you can reach out to Rebecca and follow her show notes. All right, enjoy the app and I'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome to the Big Silence Podcast, Rebecca Rosen. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining. I 
have been listening to your podcast and it's amazing. So thank you for that gift for anyone to be able to listen to your voice and learn more about you. And, you know, I've never had spiritual medium on my podcast before. Oh, wow. I'm honored. I'm the first. Yes. You're the first. So I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Just an open conversation. Obviously, um, your new book is coming out, What's Your Heaven? So I want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, can you explain for those who don't know what a spiritual medium is? Yeah, of course. So what I do is I am able to be the bridge between this world and the afterlife. And so spirit energy uses me. They impress my mind and body with thoughts and feelings. And then as a medium, I have over the last 24 years built a vocabulary. I call it my sign language with spirit and they, you know, relay really important messages to the living. Yeah. So how did that, well, actually let's go back here. When did that start? You were very young and you were in a a library and you communicated with your grandmother. Yes. That's, I'm impressed, you know. Okay. So (laughs) this all began. Yeah. I was, I was a kid. I was in college. I was around 19 or 20 and I was struggling with depression. And Mm -hmm. my father had attempted suicide at the time. I was down at the university of Florida and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. So I was a really Mm -hmm. long ways from home. And you know, my parents were trying to protect me by not sharing much, but I'm an empath and I was feeling everything. And the way I self-medicated was I started sleep eating. So it was a nightmare. I would sleep, walk into the kitchen every night and start eating. And, you know, 30 seconds later, I wake up, but it was so out of my control. And this went on for six months, night after night. So you would wake up from that. How confused were you? Because nobody, I mean, no, you're like, beyond. what's going on? Yeah. Because in my waking life, I didn't have eating disorders. You know, I definitely grew up in a family where there were eating disorders. So I was around it. Um, but I was so in control in a conscious state. So in my unconscious state, that's where, you know, I used food as my drug of choice to comfort myself from all everything I was feeling. And so this went on for so long that I was desperate. I just started crying and praying at night for someone or something to help me. Well, one day I was at um, a bookstore, a library, and yeah, same thing. And I was (laughs) journaling and, you know, I was just, I was expressing my feelings. I've always used that tool. And then all of a sudden I could hear this voice in my head, but it was coming in my own mind's voice. So it was very confusing, but it was definitely not my words. And for an hour, I got this download. I got it so fast, it hardly could get it out fast enough on the paper. But I channeled my dead grandma and my guardian angel. And they said, my grandma took her life when I was just 10. So fast forward 10 years later, she's coming to me saying, look, I get it. I went down the dark road of depression. Let me help you. You've been praying and asking for help. Here we are. So Mm -hmm. needless to say, I thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I know you think you're making this up and you're not. And here's how you'll prove it. And she gave me three things that only my dad knew. And at the time, my dad, you know, he was still alive. Um, he has since passed. But right. he basically, I called him and he's like, there is no way you would know this level of detail. It's one of the things was how my dad found her when she died by suicide. And so he said, look, if it's loving and kind and helpful, keep doing it. So what Grandma Babe said to me was, 
meet me here every day in your journal. And then your guardian angel and I are going to help you find inner peace, healing. And, and, but I had to do the work. So for 18 months, I did it. And it cured me because I found self-love, self-healing from the inside out. And they said, look, you're going to meet your soulmate. And along the way, they would give me like, it was like a dangling carrot. Like you keep doing the work, you'll find your, what they called my Basharit, my other half. And so they gave me his name. This is back in, again, 1997 to 1999. Okay. Okay, So this is pre like Facebook and social media and all that. They gave me his name. His name was Ryan. They said the clue I would know it was him was a rose. And then they gave me his exact birthday, 924. Meant nothing at the time. But again, fast forward 18 months, did the work. I'm in a good space. Well, I was um, in between graduating. I needed to get an internship. I was studying advertising. Um, It's a long story, but my mom ended up, I went home to Omaha for the summer and she said, I want to set you up with this great guy I just met. And she met him at a fundraiser. And I went out with him just to kind of humor her. And on our second date, it hit me. Oh my God, his name was Brian and his last name was Rosen. (laughs) Brian Rose. You drop the B and you drop that and you get Ryan Rose. And then I went and dug through my journals and I found the birthday. And I said, look, is your birthday September 24th? And sure enough, it was. Stop it. Oh my God. Because I was a skeptic. I didn't believe this. And so that's when I was like, wow, this is so much bigger than me. And he was, that was my first marriage. And so grandma, babe said to keep journaling. And it was that what, in your journaling and your writing and having like, you know, being an intuitive or um, you got all these answers and that healed you from your sleep eating and your depression. Yeah, but it, or was, how- it was a lot more than that. So basically yeah. journaling was my conduit, my way to make that connection to the other side, to my higher yeah. self and to my higher guidance. I call it your team spirit. Okay. And through journaling, they would say, you need to start grounding, go do yoga, go mm-hmm. walk, moving meditations. And they would give me all sorts of, you know, wisdom. They would tell me I had to take sugar and caffeine out of my diet because it was make it was amping me up too much. There were all these amazing tools they gave me. And when I followed the guidance, it actually worked. And so I stopped, you know, stuffing down my feelings and I started Mm -hmm. processing and healing versus I leaned into my depression and my my fears and everything that was coming up rather than numbing it with food. We talk about, so you lost um, grandma, babe by suicide and your father. Yes. That's a lot. And here you are. Here I am. Work. Here you are. Um, my, my grandfather died by suicide as well. And he was schizophrenic and, you know, this mental illness skipped a generation. And I also, you know, do all those things that, you know, go do yoga, get outside, nature, all the things. But you talk about how your father, well, you've already connected with your grandma. And then you talk about how you've been able to connect with your father. And how does he show up? And what has he taught you as he has maybe some regrets in life? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so... Let me start with this. So my dad died 10 years um, after that. Is that right? Yeah, about 10 years after. Um, My dad suffered from mental illness and 
he, it was only at the end of his life, he was diagnosed as bipolar. My okay. dad needed medication and mm-hmm. he was on it. After that first suicide attempt, he was properly medicated, working with professionals in a great space. Something happened. He got really spiritual. He believes so much in what I do, almost to a fault, that he, st- he started self-medicating and he took himself off the meds and he needed it to stay healthy and balanced. And that's when he went into a downward spiral, life circumstances, and he took his life. And so it took about nine to 10 months. I, you know, I do this every day and I had been actively in a career doing this when he had died, but I couldn't connect with him. And mm-hmm. I do it for a living. I'm like, of course I can connect. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. The spirits come forward when they're ready. And all we can do is just pray for them, their highest truth, highest healing, and then stay open and available to the possibility when they're ready, they'll come to you somehow. And um, eventually my dad came, he started coming through dreams. He would show me the regrets through, I would wake up with this overwhelm. It's like a movie playing out in different scenarios, showing me his you know, remorse and what he was feeling at the end. He wasn't in his right mind and how much he regrets it. And so part of this book I just wrote, it's all about the intergenerational you know, patterns that are passed down to us. And I call these yeah. our spiritual hand-me-downs. You know, it's, it's the, in one of my, you know, family bloodline, it's mental health issues. Same. Yeah. You mentioned regrets and that was my mom, you know, I was with her, her last three days and all it was, was I regret, I regret, I regret. I was like, mom, we're not going out like this. You know, mm-hmm. let's look at the positive side. And, you know, she regretted not taking her meds with her schizophrenia and you know, and such. And so what has your father taught you now how to live life? Oh my gosh. I have the chills right now for some reason. That's a big reason why I do what I do because he, along with tens of thousands of other spirits have come through saying, don't make the same mistakes I made. And one of the biggest ones is Operating from your ego, operating from the frequency of fear, operating from your shadow, right? Instead, Mm -hmm. it's all about coming from a place of light and love. And I know it sounds super woo-woo and cliche, but we choose from fear or love. That's it. Light or shadow. And so it's all about being more in your heart and being emotionally available and appreciating, validating acknowledging the people in your life now while you have the chance, right? And being in relationship because in the end, we don't have pockets when we die. We don't take our things. We don't take our credentials. We don't take our bank accounts. All we take is the kindness, the love, the compassion that we gave and received, the memories we created, the experiences we had. And so it's all about life is short and do your work Okay, we all come into this earth school with homework or life lessons, and that that is what this book is all about. Figure out what your patterns are, figure out what that homework is, lean into it, embrace it, and heal it so that you can start living heaven on earth. Because if I were to sum this up, what they tell me, heaven is not a place. Heaven is a feeling. And you can have heaven here now, heaven on earth, or you can be in a living hell, whether you're alive or you're dead. Because when we cross over, we pick up where we left off for better or for worse. 
let's um, speak to the person who's listening to this. And when you talk about how you can't, you know, can't take your home, your bank account and this, and I've been having these conversations with my husband lately as well. I'm like, we've, you've had so much success and I've had a lot of success. And I'm like, I don't care about all these homes and this. I'm like, this is just going to be dust and dirt. And like, how do we bring heaven on earth? What is your advice for that? I love that. You do things that bring you joy, authentic joy, the things that light you up, being with the people who make you feel loved and and good, you know, just good humans, doing things to give back, generosity, kindness, paying it forward in service to others, whatever that looks like to you. Um, for me, it's, you know, I'm the same way. Things don't matter. Experiences matter. Time with the ones you love matters, you know? And so I think we can get our priorities um, out of balance. And so I think it's all about taking a step back and reevaluating your life and seeing where you're out of balance. Yeah, I know. And, you know, we don't have children. Do you have children? We have six. Yeah. Six? Oh my goodness. I know. We're busy. Yeah, we're blended. blended. I have three of my own, but we are a blended family and it's a lot. Yeah. All right. So talking about success and such, but you've created an enterprise, Rebecca Rosen Enterprises, from your natural, like your gift. So how did that come about? So that was very organic. This is kind of like do what you love and everything else follows. When I got out of college, I got an advertising degree. Well, my ego said, go use your degree. So I tried. I tried really hard for a year to get a job and I couldn't. So that's when grandma babe kept coming to me saying, go use this gift, share it with others. And I was terrified. This was back in 1999. Nobody talked about this stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was very, yeah. 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 So I felt like it was coming out of the closet and I finally said, I was terrified, but I said, okay, fine. I will. So I had a friend of mine start, I went to a coffee shop. I lived in West Bloomfield, Michigan at the time. And she would send me strangers. And it was proving to work. I was able to channel people for them. And I was a skeptic doing it, but they were blown away. I was blowing myself away. And then I kept saying to the universe, all right, God is my publicist. If you want me to do this, you bring it to me. I am not hunting people down. Well, three months after that initial coffee shop experience, um, uh, the head of a big Detroit publication of magazine came to me and said, I want to do an article on you. And the article turned out to be the, the cover and the almost the entire publication. That's that amazing. started my career. And that was back in yeah. 2000. And from there, it was just been a natural progression down to my books. My literary agent came to me. I had a TV show on Lifetime. They came to me. You know, it's really about being in alignment with your purpose. Everything comes to you, falls into place versus being in ambition or mm-hmm. right motivated by your ego that's very different yeah i definitely agree with that um you do what you're passionate about and it does come to i have experienced the same thing so i want to a lot of people know um, they've done tarot readings they're gone to a psychic i mean i did that in the 90s too but explain the difference between a psychic and a medium so all mediums are psychic but not all psychics are mediums Mm-hmm. So the difference is mediumship is a much more involved process. It's kind of like getting your, you know, p- your 
degree in college versus going on to getting your master's. Okay. When you do mediumship, it's so much more involved because you're relying on outside discarnate energies to feed you information. But psychics, we can, we're all psychic. We can all read energy, whether we know we're doing it or not. So a psychic really looks at you and can tune into your frequency and read your past, present, and future. It's all in our energy field. But a medium, again, relies on outside, you know, what I call spirits, angels, guides, whatever you want to call it, to impress your mind and body with thoughts and feelings. And then you have to learn this language because it's like playing the game of shreds. They don't have bodies, which means they don't have voices. So when Grandma Babe came to me, she was impressing her consciousness into mine, but it came through my own mind's voice. So it was so confusing because I'm like, I don't hear anyone outside of me and it doesn't sound like her. It sounds like me, but it wasn't my words, okay? And so we all receive information differently. And so you have to figure out how do you most receive, whether it's mediumship or just psychic intuitive hits. So it's, it's a muscle. And you have to work it to develop it. Yeah. And I believe in energy a lot, but sometimes I'm my own skeptic on energy. But then there's a lot of people like, I like my symbolism for my mom is the hummingbird. And like literally, I'll be with my husband Bobby out camping and there's a hummingbird that's just like hovering right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that Linda? Um, and then so I wait real quick. I heard Linda at the beginning of yeah. this call. In my head, I was hearing Linda, Linda. I just came from a group reading. So I'm like, I don't know if that's for her or another spirit that's hanging out. She's with you. Yeah, she's really strong with you and really, really proud of you. It's you are, so you're doing for her, you're healing karma forwards and backwards. Yeah. You're going to make me cry. I'm sure that happens a lot with you. But my thing with her, when she passed, I was like, she never told me she was proud of me. She's saying, I'm really proud of you. That's super important that you heard that today. Because you are the older soul. You're the the teacher in your family line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you're, so you are here to do this differently. And you are doing it differently. That's really big. I feel her. Do you believe like you can feel the energy of a person in a room? Because after Linda passed, I would be at my house and be walking through. And she she had never visited me at my house in Austin, but she wanted to be have her ashes under a tree with flowers. So that's where she is at my land. And I would just like feel her. And probably the first few weeks after she passed, I would be walking through and I'd look over and I was home alone and I'd see her sitting on the side of the couch or not see her, but feel her. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. So we can see them out of our peripheral vision oftentimes. Um, And so, and this includes pets because I get there's a dog with her right now. So that's important. Um, but that was, did you lose a dog that was like your child? No, but she lost her. She left, her she, um, she led a very lonely life in and out of homelessness because of mental illness. And when she lost her dog, at the theater, it was like her child. 
Is that, that loser type? But she's back. She's with her dog, the energy of the dog. But the bottom line is we all can sense them. But we what happens is, is our mind starts to talk us out of it. Right. Yeah. And for some of us more than others. And so um, you just kind of have to ignore it and just say, okay, like if you want to connect with them, thank you, mom, for showing up that as long as it's in love and light and it's comforting. But I also got, and I don't know if you want to hear this, but sure. talking about a humming, the hummingbird feeder at the grave, like where you put her ashes, the that space. Have you put a bird feeder on the tree? So no. she's showing me you hanging that. Okay. So it's like, is there a bench over there that you sit at? There's a big stone bench. She showed me when you're in that space, it's easier for her to come and meet you there. And that would be a great way for you to connect more so than if you're sitting inside at home. Yeah, there's a tree. So at home, I have my office with a big window. And there's a tree outside of the big window and hummingbirds always come. And I have been talking about hanging a hummingbird. That's it. That's what she's talking about. Because when you've been talking about it or you've been thinking about it, she's saying in in response to that, either love the idea or who do you think gave you the idea? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, mom. Yeah. She is. Bless her. I definitely, yeah, I feel her. Yeah. So how, I don't know. Sorry. I'm obviously soaking everything in here. So Linda passed two years ago and I was her caretaker and along with my husband. So, you know, it's always like a lot to move through, get over what happened. This, that, you know, you do readings for people. How do you typically have prepare for that? So the most important thing is to get neutral. And so what I have to do, because I have a big life, a lot of kids, you know, I have normal human stuff. I have to get out of my ego, out of my head, drop into my heart and be a pure channel. So how do I prepare and meditate? Um, Some days I walk, some days I sit. It depends on how angsty or how much energy I have. Um, But you just figure out a way to ground and then what I do is I, I set an intention because energy follows intention. So I say, you know, use me as a pure channel. Help me. I surrender my will to divine will. And then I let go. And then I just kind of let things organically come through. And they always do. So say you're just trying to hang out with your your six kids, your husband. Does, do you sometimes get distracted by energy? Yeah. <laughs> Always. Or can you set boundaries and you're like, not today? Well, both, both. But, you know, people always ask, you know, you must go crazy. Is is it, can you turn it off? No, we can't turn energy off. We can choose to tune into it or tune it out. And mm. so I will, when I'm out of the office, I'm doing personal things. I am very clear with my boundaries. I'm like, nope. And I, I if I sense them, it doesn't mean they're going to listen. But if they come and it's inappropriate or whatever. I asked them to please go to a golden waiting room and I put them there. And then when I'm ready to open up for business or when their loved one is in front of me, I welcome them back. But it's not going to do anyone any good. If I have your mom coming to me three days before I ever meet you, I don't know who it goes to. 
So I'm like, just save your energy. Wait until the time is right. Because otherwise, I couldn't live a normal life if I was always downloading from them. But they're always there. Yeah. So what would be the first step if someone just wanted to create awareness around them? To like Intention. feel that. Yeah. I think because the law of free will says they cannot intervene unless we give them permission. They have to be respectful of our boundaries, our energy. Some of us, quite honestly, don't want to connect or we're not ready. It's too much. And so if you are ready, you just, through your heartfelt intention, your feelings, you don't even have to say it out loud. But whatever you do, you invite them in. Okay? And then you let go. And then you are more you you set the intention to be more aware to be more present you don't go look for signs but you're open and available to when signs come and mm-hmm. then they'll start doing things every spirit's different some give you the chills or some start pl- doing synchronicities like with the favorite song that comes on the radio the minute you get in the car um you know the numbers you see their birthdays on the clock the license plate that says mom, you know, right in front of you after you do this call today. All those things that you can't explain that some people call coincidence. It's not. They're miracles. They're called synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. So pay attention to the signs because I know sometimes Disney too, it's like, no, I'm overthinking that sign. But then it's like, no. No, if you're making it fit, forcing it versus like, there's just no explanation. But the biggest thing is, is you feel it. It's a feeling. You kind of know mom was just in the room. You just get overwhelmed with emotion. You sense it on a deep soul level. That's your intuition telling you. I actually have felt that. And I'm like, no. I was like, mom's here today. And then I'm like, no, I'm out of my mind. <laughs> but That's yeah. what we do. We talk ourselves <laughs> out of it. I know. So I want to shift this a little bit. So have you ever helped? solve crimes? No. So, so that's not my specialty. So just like all, you know, there's all sorts of doctors out there that specialize in a certain area. That's the same with intuitives. Some intuitives, that's what they're here to do. They solve crimes. What I do is I work with souls who are happily on the other side, but it's the living who's struggling and they see that and they want to come forward and bring comfort, closure, hope, guidance, validation, whatever that living someone needs. So that's really my kind of my specialty. Okay. Let's talk about what's your heaven. The why this is your third book or fourth one? It's my fourth book. Fourth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why this? Well, during the pandemic, I was marathon reading because there was nothing else to do. I can do my readings remote over the phone. And so I was really blessed. And so what was happening, everybody was struggling, trying to figure out why, the why behind their struggle. Mm-hmm. Some For some people's relationship stuff, other people, they're depressed over something. Some people are grieving. A lot of people had health issues. Um, and so what was happening was I was starting to read people's soul contracts. So what that is, is it's the loose blueprint that you planned before you were born. And in that loose blueprint for your life, there's certain lessons you agreed to. You contracted with certain soulmates or people in your soul group, which your mom is one of yours. And 
what was going on was I was able to help people get out of a victim mentality. Like this is happening to me versus no, I, I chose this. So it's happening for me, for my soul's growth and evolution. And it was so empowering. And people are having these aha moments and these breakthroughs. And then they were able to heal the pattern, the trauma, um, whatever, the unforgiveness, the suffering, and start to create a heavenly life, right? A life that's meant to, we can learn our lessons with joy and ease and grace, or we can keep going with this struggle. And I don't know anybody who wants to do that. And so that's how this book was born. It was spirit coming to me saying like, show people how to do the work, right? Because what's going on is this. Whatever we don't heal, the karma that we leave unhealed, unbalanced, will follow us. And Mm -hmm. then when we cross over, we have to be accountable and balance and heal it or reincarnate and do it all over again. And trust me, we don't want to do that because it's always messier and harder that next time. So let's do it now. And that's really the inspiration. What would the like top two tips from the book of what you're going to learn when you pick this up and how it can change your life? I think the biggest thing is you're not a victim. It's not happening yeah. to you. It's happening for it's you. For you. It's reframing yeah. the narrative, right? From the inside out. And that empowerment alone changes everything. Um, I love, I do love that. Um, the not the victim thing I, for me personally is with Linda who's here. Yes, <laughs> um, <it's awesome. laughs> um, right here on this couch. Uh-huh. Um, she was always, it's happening to me. And I, her, I use her as an example for anyone else where she couldn't live her full potential. And always upset or why this person, like, completely, just everything was happening to her. And even in her own mental illness, I, I went to her and I was like, do you think if you shared your story and what you've struggled with, you could help someone who's going through the same thing? Because I think that's why I started the Big Silence Foundation. Like the more we talk about these conversations that we don't want to hide because of the stigma around it. And, but when in actuality, we're all going through so much. And the more we share our stories, we help end the stigma around mental illness. I love that so much. You know, there's a lot of mental health issues on the planet right now. And it's not a coincidence. You know, we're all in this together. And really, it's about, like you said, it's it's destigmatizing it. It's kind of like how I'm normalizing the paranormal. We're doing the same about mental health and treating it like any other, you know, disease. And it's really what spirit always says is get the help now, reach out, whoever that might be, a professional, a friend. And to remember, you're never alone. If nothing else, reach out to your team spirit, your angels, your departed loved ones, your pets in heaven that are there. Just like grandma babe came to me. I didn't even know I was reaching out, but I was struggling in a deep depression and she came to my rescue. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's remembering we're not alone suspending doubt long enough to let it in, to call it in. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to that heaven on earth. And I know there's a lot of different circumstances and such, but I wish that Linda could have had that heaven on earth. And I, you know, she, that potential, and I believe everyone out there has that 
potential. Well, and you asked for two like takeaways. And my second one was heaven isn't a place, it's a feeling. And so the goal being strive to figure out what brings you heavenly feelings every day and do that. It can be so simple. Anything that brings you joy, lights you up, raises your vibration, go do more of that. That's the whole point of being here to find and experience and embrace joy. Yeah. I think for some people, maybe they go do those things. There's excuses. I have six kids. I have a job. I have a husband. I have to do this. I have to do that. What are like simple steps of creating joy? You know, bottom line is that right there is the the victim mentality and you want to flip it to how lucky am I that I have six kids and, you know, you just reframe it. So what ultimately is it's gratitude. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is the fastest way to raise your vibration. The more you count your blessings, the more you appreciate the little things in your life, the more things come to you because it's all about you start vibrating at the frequency of gratitude and you start attracting things in this 3D world that mirror that back to you, which means you're going to have more more abundance, more joy, more (laughs) things to be grateful for. So it's really about get out of the negative mindset, the victim mindset flip it and then start claiming, you know, like I get to take care of, I get to have six kids. I get to go to work and serve. Exactly. How blessed are we? You know, I have all these privileges and freedom and opportunity to be in a body. You know, what I've been hearing lately is there is competition for souls on the other side to get into a body. And so if you're Mm -hmm. here now, consider yourself blessed and lucky. You made the cut. It's like one out of every three or four souls makes it into a body. So we want to be here, even if we're challenged. It's called earth school for a reason. School is homework. It's work. But we can choose to see it as a gift, right? Versus as a burden. And it's all about the mindset. Again, are you going to see it through the lens of love or fear? Yeah. And and it's okay. And what I also like to say is this, we're all human and we all slip at times and we're perfectly imperfect. I have my mornings, I wake up and I'm grumpy and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like working and wait a second, time out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in my ego right now. I disconnected. So I have to be accountable, use my spiritual tools, plug back into divine light source and then reframe it again to how lucky am I that I get another chance at life today. Yeah. If you're listening to this, say that over in your head. That's so important. Like how lucky am I? Yeah. We all wake up in a funk some days and it's gratitude. Turn to gratitude. gratitude. Because we can all find one thing we're authentically grateful for. Yeah. Even if it's just having warm running water. Mm -hmm. Right. There are a lot of third world countries that don't have that luxury. And so it's the little things we start taking for granted. And when we take things from granted, things are taken from us. Yeah. That's our wake-up call. So, yeah. so we just need to start appreciating, acknowledging, and expressing the gratitude for whatever we have. Yeah, that's a lot of beautiful messages here. And I just want to thank you, Rebecca, for being here with me and sharing your gifts. And um, what's your heaven? Where do we get that? 
You can get it um, online, any major retailer, Amazon, um, but you can go to my website, RebeccaRosen.com. And if you um, are wondering what your soul's purpose is, what your life assignments are, I have a free quiz on my website that people can take to help them figure it out. Because I think a lot of people are saying, huh, what are my patterns or my karma to heal and balance? So RebeccaRosen.com. Okay, we'll put everything in the show notes too. I think that's amazing to take that quiz. It's a good, you know, first step for anyone. And um, I appreciate you. Thank Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Thanks for doing the work you're doing. So important. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday.